Hello, and welcome to episode 251 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we begin the descent to the center of Ixalan. Dun, dun, dun. We will see the inner sun, whatever that means. <laughs> we can explore it. We can explore it. We can yeah. spelunk, even. <laughs> we shall go to the center of uh, Ixalan with the rock. <laughs> there you go. And that guy yeah, who plays so... PETA. <laughs> Whoever that may be. Whoever that, that I'm sure that he has be. a name, but he's PETA. He's PETA. I would yeah. throw bread at him if I saw him. <laughs> yeah, so this will uh, probably, it's definitely going to be at least two parts. It might end up being three parts, but this is going to be our set review of The Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're going to talk about the draft archetypes. Um, and then one of the draft archetypes, we're going to talk about some constructed applications as well. Uh, but that's where we're going to end up today, I think. Yeah. And then uh, we'll have to see how far we get next week. If we're going to try and jam it all into one episode or if that's going to be two more. I, I was told there are 70 cards in the card file, which is uh, a quarter a of lot. the set. Yeah. Which I guess is good <laughs> that there's like that many cards that might be interesting or at least worth talking about. Well, so, I mean, you like you put more in the card file than you usually do. Oh, Sorry. And then, well, no, that's fine. And then I just kind of filled in some of the other colors that weren't as well represented. And I don't know how, but we ended up with a lot of cards. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to uh, reach out to us and uh, give us some more cards or yeah. or, uh, or uh, tell us what you're excited about, uh, you can get at us on Facebook, Discord. Uh, X going to give it to you. You can mm-hmm. even email us. All those links are in the description. So go check them out and say hey. Yeah, hit us up. Uh, if you're looking to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. The first is with our TCG player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Um, order from TCG player using that link, and you'll help to support the show. Anything you purchase, we'll get a percentage of. It doesn't cost you guys anything extra and really helps us out. Uh, if you want to support us more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes, so you get a visual representation about what the show's going to be about. And you also get to see it before the show releases, so you get a sneak peek two ways. Um, patrons also get access to our pre-show. Another hour-ish of content out of us every week. Never know what it's going to be about. Sometimes it's magic-related, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's about bridges. Yeah. You never, ever, ever know. You never know. Um, Also, you get put on my mailing list for when I have stuff to send out to you guys. Um, If any of that sounds good to you, or if you just want to show some appreciation for the the work that we do here to make the show, patreon.com slash casualtryardmtg is where you can do that. Chip a couple bucks in, and it would help us out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start with kind of the limited archetype slash like signpost um, uncommons. Yep. So um, the first one is going to be blue-white, and that is going to be the craft mechanic and artifacts, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be uh, Master's Guild Mural. Yep, that's the signpost for this this archetype. uh, This is a double-faced card. 
It's three white blue for an artifact. And when Master's Guide... Oh, one thing before we get into this. Okay. One thing that I wanted to say at the top of the show that I didn't. Um, you're going to have to bear with us because some of these card names are incredibly challenging to pronounce. Yes. Okay, I've seen like people have written entire pronun- pronunciation guides for how to say the names of cards in this set. And they're multiple pages, and I haven't read them. Jim Davis did his entire set review and had queued up on his soundboard uh, Hermione killing. <laughs> you know, you're saying it wrong. You're saying yeah. it wrong. And he just like, <laughs> gave up partway through. So thank you for that. Yeah. I'm from West Virginia. Hooked on phonics was like, I can't help these people. So. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, there wasn't very much uh, Latin American influence in upstate New York either. <laughs> no. No, you don't, you don't say. All we right. had the French Canadians, but not the uh, not the Latin Americans. So when we, so when we get the French Canadian set, you're you're like on it, okay? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll just be like uh, Journey to the Center of Tim Hortons. <laughs> Timmy Hose. Yeah, there you go. That's it. That's it. Hey, they're they're running out of ideas for where they yeah. can set sets. <laughs> They'll be like, what about if there's a place full of moose in Tim Hortons? And then, like a stick, a game on ice with a stick. Yep. We will call we'll it, call it, call it f- Saskatchewan. <laughs> yes. No one's ever heard of such a place. All right. So we have blue white is artifacts yeah. and crafting, and yeah. master's guide mural is three blue white, and uh, for an artifact when it enters the battlefield, it um, makes a four four, white and blue golem artifact token, mm-hmm. and then it has craft. Craft with artifact, so mm-hmm. it's four white, white, blue, and you exile th- uh, the Master's Guide mural and another artifact you control or that is in your graveyard. Right, so it can be either place. It can be either place, and then you flip it a, over uh, as a sorcery. A sorcery speed, yep. And you get Master's Manufacturer. Manufactory. Manufactory. Okay, I looked at it. I think it can't be manufacturing, but apparently it is. And <laughs> yep. it's tap, make a 4-4, four, four, uh, white and blue golem artifact creature token. Activate only if this has entered the battlefield or another artifact has entered the battlefield under your control this turn. Um, so a thing to note is because of Descend, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that would normally be spells uh, like instant source sorceries that are, are art- that are artifacts or perm- yeah. or other permanents, but mainly artifacts that enter and have some ETB ability. Uh, there's, I mean, we might have it in here later on, like Tinkerer's Tote or Tinkerer's Backpack or something mm-hmm. is like three and a white for an artifact that comes into play and makes two one ones. Yeah. Right? Like that is often two and a white make two one ones. Right. So it's raise the alarm as an artifact. Yeah. So there's going to be a reasonable number of artifacts floating around for you to do this stuff with. Um, If we just look real quick, if we look at the card type artifact in a good old lost caverns of Ixalan, there are 71 cards that are artifacts. That's a lot. So a quarter of the set is artifacts. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that are just going to be a lot of 
permanents laying around that you can like feed your craft things. Yeah. Or that have gone um, to the graveyard. Yeah, and some of the stuff is like, you know, two mana for an artifact that doesn't do anything. And then you like tap it and sack it and it does something. Um, I think there's a black card that's like the discard spell, I think, is an artifact that you sacrifice. And then uh, it ends up in your graveyard so you can craft it. Yeah, so that, that black card is Mephitic Draft. It's one in the black. And when, for an artifact, when it enters the battlefield uh, or it's put into the graveyard, uh, you uh, draw a card and you lose one life. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the black Icker Wellspring. Yeah. But, like, you get paid a little bit when it comes into play. You get paid a little bit when it leaves. Now, this is put into the graveyard, so it doesn't really, like, craft yeah, well. Yeah, craft exiles. But if you can sacrifice it some other way, then you can craft it. Yeah, oh, there's Market Gnome in white, which mm-hmm. is a white for an O3. And when it dies, you gain a life and you draw a card. And if it's exiled from the battlefield while you're activating a craft ability you gain a life and draw a card. So it's like specifically worded so that you could feed it to your craft stuff and draw a card. So yeah, so there are some cards that are specifically set up for you to craft with them. Yep. And um, a quarter of the cards are artifacts, so there should be stuff for you to craft. Yeah. So like in addition to being a, the crafting archetype or a craft, I think this is the only crafting archetype. Mm-hmm. But, um, but in addition to that, uh, Blue White is going to play more of a control game. Um, a lot of these craft abilities are pretty mana intensive, so they're not something you're going to activate to like stabilize you in the early to mid game. Uh, they're going to be probably something that takes over the end game. Um, so the Blue White archetype is going to be more controly. I'm assuming it's going to rely on like Life Link to keep you alive, and mm-hmm. you know some some sort of removal to get you to the end game where you can start activating your craft stuff. Yes, it is. Um, like there's a lot of like, I mean, come on, there's a one mana O three that we just yeah. talked about. Like that is that gains you a life and draws you a card. If you like throw it under the bus. Right. Um, yeah. And like almost all of the craft abilities, even the ones that higher rarity are pretty, um, Pretty expensive. Yeah. Now, the example here is craft with artifacts. There's, like, craft with creatures, craft with permanents, craft with... There's one that's craft with island. Yeah. So any number of things can be what you feed to your uh, craft card. Yep. Just got to read the read the recipe, I guess. Yes. It will tell you what it wants to eat. That's right. You just have to feed it the appropriate stuff. All right, so the next archetype here is blue and black, and mm-hmm. this is Descend. Um, the signpost that we have here, Ukin uh, Ben back. Ah, my back. The great mistake. <laughs> ah, I tried to tie my shoes. The great mistake. Yeah. Turned uh, 41 on Thursday. Ah, my back. The great mistake. Yes. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> Mistakes were made. It hurts. Um, so this is three blue black for a six, four yep. with a uh, vigilance and menace and descend eight. And so if you have eight permanent cards in your graveyard, you can spend four black blue to return it from your graveyard to the battlefield with a finality counter on it, 
activate only through eight or more permanent cards in your graveyard. It has the sorcery. So a finality counter is them trying to um, kind of uh, codify the... Oh, gosh, what was that? If it would leave play exile instead. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, just another counter. Yep. Uh, more things to keep track of. It feels like that's an arena thing. So yeah. I was watching the uh, Jim Davis set review, and he made a good point. The Descend is like three different mechanics that all use the same name. Yeah. Where you have Delirium, like... Delirium, Threshold. Yeah, like Threshold, like threshold, something goes into your graveyard. Yeah. Or then I count how many things are in your graveyard, right? So like Descend yeah. 4 or 8, Fathomless Descent, and right. then regular old uh like descended mm. so like, there's a there's a descend card that cares about card types too i think yes probably yeah uh yeah just a fun time um so the self mill archetypes often don't get there unlimited this is like a fine card like presumably late game you like turn on and like you get to like rebuy a six four mm -hmm. um so like this so the archetypes where like the cards don't do very much until you've met the condition often aren't great because your cards are bad until you meet the condition uh it Traditionally, yes. I don't. I don't know if this archetype or mechanic exactly fits that bill, though. Yeah. Um Like a five mana six four vigilance menace is like you'd probably play that by itself. Oh, I was gonna say this card is like fine on rate. Yeah. And then you get a bonus, but right. like the cards that are like medium ish on rate. Or like below rate, but then it like get above rate once you've met the condition. Mm -hmm. Often don't work because like you're playing bad cards until you've met the condition. Yeah. So like this card's a I think like a reasonable card that like gets really good when you meet the condition. Yeah. Uh, uh this I think this mechanic in particular also has a couple different things going for it. Um, mm -hmm. Number one, traditionally, these style mechanics eat your graveyard. Mm -hmm. And Descend doesn't. It just counts. Yeah. So, like, that helps it be, like, not as parasitic, where you can run a bunch of them and not really worry about it because you're not, like, consuming your graveyard to do the thing. And also, depending on what kind of game you're playing... Um, like, things just go to the graveyard in limited games. You're trading creatures, you're, you know, we're going to talk about the caves a little bit later, but you're you're doing things with your cards that go to the graveyard. You know, Descend 8 might be a little bit harder to get to than, like, the Descend 4 cards or the Fathomless cards, but, like, cards go to the graveyard anyway. Yeah. I was just thinking of, like, Undergrowth, where that mechanic yeah. really didn't work. Yeah. Um. And now it was limited to creatures. And right. then Delirium cared about like different types of cards. Mm -hmm. That counted instants and sorceries, which this yeah. doesn't. 
but then they decided to just not put that many instants and sorceries in the set. Right. Um, so it might be fine, but like these archetypes, um, I'm usually like perhaps would be a little hesitant to draft in the first like my first few drafts until just you can figure it out. Until I can figure it out, until like you know someone beats me with it, or I'm like, okay, that works. Yeah. Or that's how it's supposed to work. Or that's yeah. how it's supposed to work. You know, if, like, you never play against a blue-black descend deck, you might be like, maybe I shouldn't draft the blue-black descend cards my next yeah. draft kind of deal. But, like, if you play against, like, you know, if you've done five drafts and you play against blue-black descend, like, eight times, you might be like, oh, okay, this might be real. Yeah. But I would, I would um, be hesitant to jump on that train first. Also, kind of like the blue-white deck... This is going to be a control deck where mm-hmm. you're trading off early creatures. Um, number one, because it keeps you alive, but number two, it also fuels descend. If you trade off a one drop, a two drop, a three three drop, you're you're a good chunk of the way towards whatever you're supposed to be descending, and that's without any self mill. Yeah. Um and when you're like trying to get recursive things out of the graveyard, it takes a while to get that stuff set up, so definitely going to be more of a control deck so keep that in mind if you do plan on drafting the descend deck yeah you have to like uh you have to be alive long enough to um to actually to actually have the thing work it also seems like we didn't i don't think any of them made it into well i think one of them made it into the list of cards we're going to talk about but the removal the limited rate removal in this set is more expensive than we've had the last few sets Mm-hmm. Um, so keep that in mind also while you're drafting. We don't have a plethora of two, three, four mana removal spells like like we have recently. We have a two mana spell and then a couple five mana spells, I think. Yeah. And the two mana spell, like, if it's the black one I'm thinking of, does take some yeah. work. Yeah. All right, so what's up for uh, uh, blue-green? This is the Explore archetype. Um, It's basically just Explore Synergy. Um, The signpost here is Nakanzil Current Conductor. It's a green and a blue for a 2-3 Merfolk Scout Legendary. Whenever a creature you control explores a land, you may put the land card from your hand, or you may put a land card, sorry, from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. And whenever a creature you control explores a non-land card, this gets a plus one, plus one counter on it. So somewhere in between, I don't know, what is that, like Uro and Wild Growth Walker? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's like just two mana. I thought it was more mana than yeah. that. Um, Seems like a, a reasonable payoff for exploring. I mean, the fact that like your non-lands give you two plus one, plus one counters... Yeah. And your lands just ramp you. Right. Because the way it's worded, like, if you explore a land, the land's already in your hand. Mm-hmm. And then, you basically, you, that land goes from revealed to in your hand, and then this triggers. Yeah, like, the revealing and put it in your hand is all part of the same ability. Yeah. So, like, state based actions or triggers or whatever wouldn't happen until after that. So okay. this would see the explore, and then it would happen. Yeah. So this is like, a trigger, right? Yeah, it's whenever. Yeah, so no, I was just like 
the land that is on that you revealed is can also be the land that you put into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. in your hand. Yeah. Okay. But I'm it doesn't have to sure. be that land either. If there was a different land that you wanted to play, like say you say you explored a basic forest, but you had a cave in your hand that enters a battlefield tapped. You don't want to put the forest into play with the current conductor because it'll enter tapped. You want to put the cave in because it's already going to enter tapped, and then you can make your land drop the forest. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple good, like, kind of two mana-ish uh, explore creatures. I mean, there's a one mana explore creature. Yeah. So, like, I think this is, like, this could be a reasonable archetype. I don't know. It's hard like to think about like constructed and these kind of things because like constructed is so much more powerful. Yeah. And like like why would you do this when you could just play like the best two drop right. like in a color or yeah. something? Like it's hard synergy is harder to achieve mm-hmm. when yeah. You know, when your standard is bigger and you're just like I'm gonna play <laughs> the best card from each set. Yeah. Right? But like this is one of those cards that could be like borderline. Like if Explorer's good in like a constructed format, it might be because of. Uh, oh, the I'm, old I'm definitely conductor. going to play with some Explorer in a constructed format when this set comes out. Oh, absolutely! Get it relive um, the glory days. That's right. So this archetype um, is going to be more about like ramp. I think obviously this card ramps you. Explorer makes it so that you always hit your land drops. Anybody that played in like original Ixalan knows how, how many lands you end up in your hand when you're exploring. Um, and blue green here also has a lot of mana sinks. So there's places for you to use their ma- the mana. Even if you're not casting giant spells, there's a lot of mana sinks. Um, so yeah, this is, this is going to be a ramp deck. Like the last two were control decks. This is going to be a ramp deck. And one more thing that I wanted to throw in here is that it might take a little bit of playing with to find out if it's correct or not, but this deck might want an extra land or two because I know in original Ixalan, the like card draw off of Explore mattered more than the plus one, plus one counter did. Mm-hmm. So you might r- want to run like an extra land or two to make sure that you're exploring into your hand instead of putting something in the graveyard and getting a counter. Mm. So fair. Just fair. For, for whatever that's worth. All right. So then we have um, black green, which mm-hmm. is descend again. Yep. This is a, a little bit different style of descend. I think um, the signpost that we have here is Akawali, the seething tower. It's one black green for a three, three legendary fungus. And it has Descend 4, as long as there are four more permanent cards in your graveyard. Uh, Akawali, the Seething Tower, gets plus 2, plus 2, and has Trample. And it has Descend 8, as long as there are 8 or more permanents in your graveyard. Akawali gets an additional plus 2, plus 2, and can't be blocked by more than one creature. So they double up, right? So if you have 8, Descend 8, this is a 7-7 Trampling, can't be blocked by more than one creature. Yes. For a three mana. Yeah, um, like that alone kind of tells me that Descend Date's not going to be super easy to get. Yeah, probably not, because like, they don't want you to have like three mana seven sevens. Yeah. 
Uh, um, but this is more like when you compare this to the blue green, or I'm sorry, the blue black descend card. Um, this is a lot more beat down, mm-hmm. so it's probably more like aggro slanted or mid range than the control descend that blue black is. Yeah, and there's like so there's a, a green two drop that descend four. It gets it's a one three that gets uh, plus three plus O if you have mm-hmm. four permanents. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything. Uh, there's a uh, descend for um, oh, what is it called? Eternal witness. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see here. Yeah, so I think this archetype is going to be more mid range, just like graveyard matters stuff than mm-hmm. like the late game long setup what you were talking about earlier where these mechanics can be kind of tricky. I think this is a little bit, a little bit different than that path. Yeah. I mean, a three mana three, three is fine. Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of rate. Maybe, maybe even below rate. I'm looking at you thrashing Brontodon. Yeah. So, right. Like this is like, if you're an aggressive deck, it becomes hard to get, four permanents in your graveyard right so like are you happy with this as like a three three vanilla mm-hmm. probably not right like no but you're probably thrilled for a three mana five five trample yeah but it's just like how often are you gonna like like get that mm, so the send four i think is isn't that tough to get the send eight i think is gonna be a lot harder but fair it's just one of those things that like you've got to be like I wouldn't. I don't know if I would take this card again, like in the first week, yeah. like early, and be like, "Oh yeah, baby, we're doing the descend thing." Mm-hmm. Um, until I knew how easy it was to get to four. Yeah. Right, because you wouldn't like high pick a gold three three no text. Correct. Right, and like this is a gold three three no text until you get four things in your graveyard. If you're able to get four permanents in your graveyard on, like, turn five, then, like, I think this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. But if you you don't, you, like, don't consistently get there in turn until, like, turn eight or nine. Yeah. Then it's not. The time has passed. Yes. It's time to, like, be bigger than everything else. Like, and be cheap is, uh, is gone. So it's just, like, how quickly can you reach the, the threshold? the threshold take us to the threshold um (laughs) the threshold i see what you did there yeah thank you um uh vin diesel appreciates my my uh (laughs) my call out uh but yeah so that's the only thing i'm concerned about is like with these is like if the card like because this card doesn't fly and isn't good until it until it meets the condition right right just like basking uh capybara is the one in the green for a 1-3. Like, you're not super excited about that card, but you're really excited about a 2-mana 4-3 if you have Descend yeah. 4. So it's I like, mean, that's a, like a killer turn 5, though. Like, if you can spend your first three turns, whatever, putting cards in your graveyard, and then you turn 5 this and the Capybara, yeah. like, I mean, you turn the corner. <laughs> The Your own... opponent has not done anything so far the game that's going to handle 
yeah. a five five trampler and a four four. Yeah. The the concern there is the last few formats have been pretty aggressive. And I don't know if they were meant to be as aggressive as they were. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, Woe ended up being really aggressive. It was apparently yeah. the second most aggressive format uh, in the last, like, in, like, the arena era, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think you looked at those cards and went, like, oh, this is aggressive. And I think, like, with them putting so much, like, text and power in one and two mana spells. Yeah. That, like... You might be so far on the back foot by turn five. Now it could be this could be like a slow, dirtily like Dominaria. Mm-hmm. All will be one format, right? But recently things have been aggressive, and I think it's be so. Like I worry about like, you know, that's a great turn five. But like if you're at like six life, like are you like stable? Well, that. like the the thing about descend though is that it's looking for permanence in your graveyard. So if you, you know, trade your two drop on turn two, like you're you're working towards your descend plus you're, mm-hmm. you know, fending off your opponent's aggression. Like yeah. I don't think you have to be one or the other. I, I, that was my point when we were talking about descend earlier too. Is that I think like naturally you might not get to descend eight, but like throughout the course of a normal limited game, I think Descend Four is pretty achievable at a reasonable pace. Fair, fair. All right, what is Black Red? Black Red is also Descend. Descend, but this, this time with aggro. <laughs> this time more aggro, but this yeah. is Descended as opposed to Descend. Okay, that makes sense. Right, so. So yeah. our our uh, z- Zoyawa uh, Zoya yeah lava tongue lava tongue yeah. here is uh, <laughs> is a black red for uh, a two two with death yeah. touch and at the beginning of your end step if you descended this turn each opponent may discard a card or sacrifice a permanent permanent and then a lava tongue deals three damage to each opponent who didn't so. If a permanent went into your graveyard from anywhere, mm-hmm. at the end of your at your end step, this thing happens. So it doesn't care how many things are in your graveyard; it cares if anything went there. Right. So, like, do map tokens go to the graveyard? They sure do. Yeah. So they go to the graveyard and then they poof away. Yep. So, like, if you sacrifice a token or a treasure, that's gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, trigger to send. Yep. Um, like this card is just like a bear with upside. Like it's not bad. I don't know how good it is. That makes uh, sense. I mean, this archetype is supposed to be aggro slanted. I think this is a very aggressive card. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, does it doesn't make... do anything to stabilize you, but it certainly puts the pressure on. Yeah. Um. It's either going to force your opponent to run out of gas or it's going to lightning bolt them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that it, with treasures being, I think, still, like, pretty prevalent in red. It's a whole archetype. The, yeah, in in this set. Yep. And, um, you know, again, you have, you have uh, map uh, tokens in various colors. Yeah, like I don't can- know if map tokens are necessarily in these colors, but... You could still end up with some, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
let us look. How many how many Mappy Boys are there? There are. Um, I guess there's not that many. There, uh, there's one black card that makes a map. Okay. Uh, and then there's treasure map. Uh, yeah, there treasure aren't that map many. Makes treasures. Yes, makes treasures. No, no. There's like a couple blue cards that make maps, and then there's a fanatical offering. Okay. Which is the like, a deadly dispute at home, the knockoff deadly yep. dispute. So hey, that's next week's episode. Fair, fair. <laughs> but there are enough things to like get into the graveyard again with the uh, permanence. It should be spells, right? That this should be relatively easy to like trigger consistently. Yeah, one thing that I don't remember seeing too much of is discard. Um, that would be a way to trigger descend, and I don't think there's a whole lot of self discard in this set. Uh, so most of it, I think, will be through sacrifice. There's there's a couple things. Uh, Are there? I might I might be spoiling stuff. Uh, there's bitter triumph, the oh, black yeah. the black lightning axe. Yep. And then there's a bloodthorn flail. Okay. You, you discard to you equip the discard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's those two in black, at like uncommon. They're both uncommon. So yeah. you might not get a bunch of them. I guess it's all like speaking about this guy in particular. It's also awkward that it's a punisher effect where mm -hmm. like your opponent gets to choose. So they're going to choose whatever is the least harmful to them. Yeah. And if you're, you know, discarding a card just to turn this on, that's probably not ideal. Yeah. So uh, what do we got next? Um, next up is green and red, and this is Dino Stompy. Surprise, surprise. Rawr. Uh, this. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce this. Sorry, guys. It's, it's Quinth. It's Quinth? Sure. Yeah, it's Quinth. Firstborn of Gishath. Uh, red and a green for a 2-3 legendary dinosaur with haste. And when it's Quinth... Enters the battlefield, you may pay two. When you do target dinosaur you control deals damage equal to its power to another target creature. So it's a four mana two three with haste that it has a built in bite spell. Yep. Or it's just a two mana two three with haste. I mean, that's that's good. Yep. Uh this this sexy little boy is like I'm like I'm like, maybe dinosaurs should be in my cube. To the yep. point where I got some dinosaurs out. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I was like, this guy, this guy's all right. This guy's doing some things. Um, if like, like the dinosaurs all seemed pretty um, aggressive, aggressively costed. Mm -hmm. Like they all seemed pretty good. Yeah, we're gonna talk about a couple of them in the uh, the rest of the reviews. Yeah, here. but like, um, like it seems like there's enough good dinosaurs to kind of like make that work. And just yeah. dinosaurs at common and uncommon. In red and green, there are 18? 17? That's a, that's a good chunk. Something like that. Maybe maybe a few, yeah. like, maybe like 15. But there's enough that you can like have a pretty solid like dinosaur deck where you have yeah. a lot of dinosaurs in it. Um, and like, there's three so, mana, four threes and stuff. So like you can be very aggressive pretty easily. Yeah, and that kind of leads into what my question about this card was going to be. Um, 
how close to this or how close is this to chupacabra because mm. chups was a four mana two two with no keywords that killed a thing um i mean if you spend turn three casting a three mana four three that's probably going to kill anything on the board and, and I mean, then your turn four, you have it bite something. It's not even a fight spell. It's a bite spell, so your thing's going to live. And, and I mean, this has haste. This guy's also going to get a lot of, like, two toughness things pretty easily as well. Oh, yeah. It itself, yeah. It can snipe anything with two toughness. It's it's worse than Chupacabra because it often requires work. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. if You, you can't have... They're not going to give us Flame Tongue Kavu in red anytime right. soon. So, like, I think this is as kind of as close as you're going to get to that. Well, so Chupacabra wasn't, like, a beatdown creature, though. Like, Chupacabra, no. you played in a deck that could, like, recur it. Or mm-hmm. you didn't care that it was only two power because you were just going to, like, grind your opponent into dust and that's all that was going to be left on the board was your mm-hmm. two-power Chupacabra. Yeah, you were going to two-for-one them. You were going to kill them when it came in and then you were going to, like, trade it for a two-one. Yeah. Or a three two or something. Whereas like this thing brings the beats too. And yeah. because it's a like its removal is a bite spell, it's incentivizing you to bring the beats. Yeah, well it it also has the flexibility of like you're happy playing this on two, I think. Right? If oh, you yeah. if you don't it's have just a, in. Yeah, if you don't have a a two drop, you just play this and you're like, if I go two, three, four, mm-hmm. that might be good enough. That I don't have to worry about anything else because I killed them by going two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the turn, the games where you get to play this on four and like kill their blocker and attack with your two, your three, and your four, yeah. or your two, your three, and then this guy, like you're probably gonna win all those games. Mm-hmm. I agree. So like I think it's a little worse than Chupacabra because like if they play a six six. Oh yeah, just- right. Like it does, it's not gonna doesn't pr- get there. Not gonna get yeah. there, but um, like in the early turns, it's probably better. Is right? our one mana green death toucher a dinosaur in this set? Uh, one mana green death toucher. I'm assuming um, we have one. We always get one. I do not. It is not a dinosaur. Okay, uh, but I will look for the death toucher. Um, in the set, uh, see here, there, oh, it might be our, our, our little green death toucher might be poison dart frog where you have to pay two to give it death touch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awkward. That's the only green thing that has death touch. Cause this would be awesome with a one mana death toucher. Oh yeah. Bring it in, like kill it. Um. Yeah, but yeah, the dinosaur, the Death Toucher is not a dinosaur. It is a frog. The only green Death Awkward. Toucher is a frog. All right. And then yeah, the other ones have weird creature types as well. Yeah. Okie doke. Okie doke. Moving on. So sad. Yep. So our white and green archetype is go wide aggro, and our signpost here is Cutzil Malamet. Exemplar. Sure. Mouthful. Uh, one green white for a 3-3 cat warrior. Your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. 
And whenever one or more creatures you control, each with power greater than its base power, deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Um, this archetype is weird because it's supposed to be go wide aggro. Yes. And I guess the second ability plays into the go wide aggro because like you want your creatures to connect. So you want to go wide so that they can connect. And also the go wide strategy usually has like some sort of trumpet blast. And I think there's more trumpet blasts in this set than there typically is. Um, I remember when I was reading through the card file, there was a bunch of them. They're like built into creatures mm -hmm. and trumpet blast style stuff will also obviously enable you to trigger the second ability here. Um, the part that's weird is like the taxing part. Your opponent can't cast spells during your turn. I agree. That just seems totally random. It seems like they didn't even need that. Yeah. I don't know what that was for. So think about, uh, in addition to like go wide stuff, any green creature that explores and gets a counter then triggers mm -hmm. this. It's true. Um, our capybara that we talked about, if you have to send four and it gets plus yep. three plus O, it triggers this. Yep. Um, so like there's a bunch of little ways to uh, trigger it. Um, I'm looking at all the green and white cards. Uh, there's 146 of them. I done, I done messed up. <laughs> um, well, while you're looking that up, um, one thing that I did come across is I don't really remember this when I was looking through the card file. But supposedly there's a lot of cards with flash in this set. Mm-hmm. And this, your opponents can't cast spells during your turn, is supposed to counteract that. So you're not super punished for going wide when they, like, flash in a creature and two-for-one you. Gotcha. But it also makes it so, like, you just get to slam your counter uh, your cards without worrying about counter spells. Right. And so, or removal spells. Like, you just get to attack and, like, your yeah. lord or whatever you just get to to do the thing there's a reasonable number of things that like come in and put a counter on something yeah as well either through explore or like other means so like that all plays well but if you hit with like three things that are like all bigger than their base power you only get one card so oh just, yeah, yeah it's yeah. one or more yeah, so just gotcha. keep that in mind that you're not going to draw three cards that your pre-release the card is not that good yeah, it's I guess not... there are there are a bunch of cards with flash in this set. Yeah, more than normal. So I mean that makes sense if like I guess I guess the green white deck kept getting blown out and like playtesting. Yeah. They're like this uh, is no fun. Let me fix this real quick. <laughs> you can't. You just can't do it. Yeah. Do not. Do not try. We are done here. Yeah. Um. It's here. Yeah, 13 cards with flash. Uh, that's more than normal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Agreed, agreed. So what's our next archetype here? Our next archetype is... Um, oh, is black-white sacrifice. I see what you did. <laughs> uh, and our black-white uh, legendary uncommon is... Bart uh, uh, oh, man... Bartolome? Bartolome del uh, Presidio? 
Prestio, yeah. So sure. Yeah. Uh Mayamo Guillermo. Soy de Bogota <laughs> is all I remember from Spanish class. And my name is not Guillermo, and I've never been to Bogota. So not super useful. Or my other phrase is no no me gusta chicas en pantalones, which is no, I don't like women in pants. <laughs> sure. But only but I only know how to say it in the response to a question, which would mean I would have to understand someone saying do you like women in pants? No. No, I do not. So I have no use for that phrase either. I did not learn much from uh, my Spanish class. But anyway, this is a 2-1 vampire knight. And more importantly, it has sacrifice another creature or artifact, put a plus one, plus one uh, counter on our boy. Um, this guy. Yeah, this guy. Good old right, Bart. Yeah, Bart right here gets a counter. Um you notice there is no mana gate on this. Yeah. We just feeding this boy whatever. It's also at instant speed. Yeah, like it has, it is like the best of the best. Yep. In terms of what you want to do. In terms Art's of sacrifice. hungry. He's hungry. He's going to eat. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the best kind of sacrifice outlet. If yep. there's any... Hungry, sh- hungry Bardos. Yeah. <laughs> If there's any shenanigans to get into, this guy's part of this it. guy's part of the shenanigans. Yeah, it's like it doesn't get as big as Nantuku Husk, it's but like though. it stays around exactly. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Like Nantuku Husk is temporary. Bard is forever. This also eats artifacts. Husk didn't do that. Yeah, so it's also like kind of on a tog. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's a weird card. It's somewhere in between. Like a Tog, Carrion Feeder, and then Tuco Husk. Yeah. Which kind of has to be good. I guess the only like saving yeah. grace is, is legendary. It's legendary. Yeah. So, you can't, so you can't have a fleet of them. You can't have like three and be like, whichever one you don't block kills you. That's right. So, but no, this is a very powerful card. Yep. Uh, um, White Black is also going to have some vampire synergies. Mm-hmm. Um, so expect that. And because they're vampires, I would imagine there's going to be some life gain in there as well. Um, but according to this signpost, it is definitely going to be an aristocratic deck. Yes. And there's what the synapse something. It's like a three mana three one that dies into two one one fungi. Yeah. Um. So like that's that's one of those cards. It's like yes, like you are definitely going to get a lot of bodies to feed your things. Yep. Synapse Necromage. There we go. There you go. So, like, that that gives you three sacks on, on your own. Yep. So All right. Next? The uh, next archetype we have here is blue-red, and this is Artifact Aggro. Um, however, this isn't just Artifact Aggro. It's, like, pirate and treasure aggro okay Uh, so there's some pirate synergies there's some treasure synergies um i think there's a bunch of equipments that reference pirates as well so i would imagine this is going to have some equipment synergies our signpost here is captain storm cosmium raider it is a blue and a red for a two two whenever an artifact enters a battlefield under your a plus one, plus one counter on target pirate you control. 
That seems pretty potent when you're making a bunch of treasures. It does. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, like, with a bunch of uh, pirates getting able to, like, pick, there's a bunch of small flying pirates that mm-hmm. you can, like, load up with some counters and get, like, an evasive, like, build your own Sarah Angel. Yep. And, like, uh, it is whenever an artifact, so if you can, like, make two treasures at a time or yep. two map tokens, you get two counters for that. Or that thing that makes two gnomes. That's three, right? Yeah, it would make three if you're, like, just guy and you're just, like, yep. you know, like, and that's on curve. Like, if your mana's good enough that you're, like, blue, red, two drop into make three artifacts, get, mm-hmm. have a 5-5 five, five attack. Or maybe if you're playing the archetype we're going to talk about at the end. Yes, you might be able to do yes. that, no problemo. Yep. Um, this is another card. I should say that the green white guy, uh, mate is, uh, is definitely going in the cube. If you're doing green, white, plus one, plus one counters, all your things are bigger than they started with. It's true. And like the blue, red artifact, uh, artifacts, uh, archetype. This is perfect for that. Yep. So, and then what is, is this all of them now? Have we gone through all of them? We have. Um, no. But I am missing the card for the last ones. What is the last one? Uh, the last one is white. Red, red. white. Yeah. Um, that is... This is tap mid-range. So this me, is... Uh, uh, I'll let you read it and I'll see if I can grab the card real quick because my file's... Kappa, Caparati Sunborn? Sure. It is two red white for a four four human soldier, and when it attacks, you may tap uh, two untapped artifacts and or creatures you control, and then you discover three. So okay. it's like a card advantage engine on like a reasonably sized body. Yep. That um, you know, if you have again a bunch of like. Your your random tinkerer's tote that made your gnomes. Now it's a thing that you can tap for this to like cast another spell. And I don't think it would take too many turns of this to kind of like snowball the game out of control. Yeah. Um, this archetype is one second here. There we go. Hey, we did it. Uh. Another one that's a little weird. Um, this is the discover mechanic. Um, that's the only mechanic that we haven't talked about so far. We talked mm-hmm. about craft. We had three decks with descend, but no discover decks. But it has a tapping sub theme. Yeah. So there's a couple things that uh, there's a vehicle that if you tap two creatures or two artifacts, you can crew it. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things that you, um, uh, it's just, it's kind of weird. Like the things seem at odds with each other. Like you want to have a bunch of stuff that you can tap so you can discover, so you can get like advantage. So you want to be a go wide deck, but then like go wide decks want to crack in and not tap their things to discover. Yes, I, I agree. It is kind of like at odds. Yeah. Like you're. There's like one thing that's like tap two untapped artifacts and put a plus one plus one counter on it. It's like, well, I kind of probably want to go wide 
around yeah. you as opposed to make a tall threat. Right. Um, and then there's like the guardian of the great door, which is like tap four things to get a two mana four, four flyer. Yeah. Right. Like I probably just better off like attacking you with those things I was tapping. Yeah. But if you get a bunch of artifacts that did a thing, but then don't do a thing after they enter the battlefield. Yeah, but then like a, then you're more of a control deck though. That, and you're not that aggro. Discover, yeah. And I think Discover's probably well, I guess Discover only casts permanence. No, it's spell. It is spells, yes. And like that doesn't always play well with control decks because you don't want to be casting your removal spells willy nilly or your counter spells. Or well, whatever, you can you, know you can I mean? put them in your hand. So remember, discover yeah, is. Yeah, but then it's just draw a card. That's, I mean, it, also it's not great. But it's not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It it just feels weird. This archetype feels weird. It does. It does. I another agree. one that I might have to see before I uh, before I believe it. Yes. Right, it might just be red white go wide, which like has been the archetype for red white for like ever. Yeah. And then yeah. they just like threw this guy in. This guy also made the cube just because I was like, discovering seems cool. <laughs> yes. Like I kinda wanna do that. So let's let's make yep. that happen. Alright. So now we're moving on to our secret archetype. The secret eleventh archetype, which yep. is caves. Caves. So there are, there's one card in every color, minimum, that cares about caves in some way, shape, or form. And from what I heard, the basic land slot will be a basic land like 30% of the time and a cave 70% of the time. Okay. Um, so there's going to be a lot of caves that are available. There's also a bunch of like non-basic caves. I think there's three or four that are at higher higher than common rarity. Yes, yes. Or like not basic land rarity, I should say. Yes. Um, so the cave payoffs are interesting. Like, I don't know if they're strong enough. Yeah. Like, it feels like, I uh, we said in the pre-show, kind of like, the first iteration of um, Gates payoffs mm -hmm. where like they were pretty safe and then we went to like guilds and they were like here's Gates of Blaze here's Guild Open the Summit. floodgates. Yeah here's the here's the Colossus here's Gatebreaker Ram. Yeah. Right these really powerful payoffs for uh, for Gates and so like I don't know if they were worried that caves would be too good so they like played it safe. Maybe. Uh, but the first cave payoff is Bat Colony. It's uh, two and a white, and when it enters, it's an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, create a one-one bat uh, for each uh, uh, so for each mana from a cave spent to cast this. And then whenever a cave enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. So this is That's pretty good. Spectral Procession. In like a heavy cave deck, yep. That then also grows your your creatures each turn. Yeah, I mean any creature; it doesn't have to be the bats. But yeah, yeah. I mean, could be good. 
Could be. Um, what's up next? Uh, the next one we have is Sinuous Benthosaur, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a five and a blue for a four-four dinosaur. And when it enters the battlefield, you look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of caves you control, plus the number of cave cards in your graveyard. Put two of those cards in your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Um, seems all right. I mean, a six mana three for one. Yeah. Wait, like it's also a four four. Yeah, but like anytime you get to, if you have caves in your deck, mm-hmm. by the time you get to six mana, you should have two yeah. or three caves to guarantee you two cards. Right. And like six mana, get a four four draw two is pretty good mm-hmm. or really good. Yep. Right. I mean, this is bigger mole drifter. It is. Uh, so like, it's also ex- notable that it's only one blue mana. So it's splashable. Yep. Uh, so like, I think this card is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So what's up next? Uh, the next one is gargantuan leech. Uh, seven and a black for a 5-5, five, five, and it costs one less to cast for each cave you control and each cave card in your graveyard, and it has lifelink. Um, so kind of like the last card. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you can get this down to 5 mana, 5-5 five, five lifelink, that's probably, like, the minimum, and that's with three caves hanging around somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if you go, like, Cave, 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 and, like, play this on turn four. Yeah. Right? Like, you are doing it. The A lot of the caves come into play tap, though, don't they? They do. There's a couple that don't. Yeah. I mean, there could be a certain card that you play on turn three, maybe, that would yeah. make it so you did not have that issue. <laughs> um, but, like, I think this card is really powerful. Um, it's kind of like um, Gate Colossus. Right, like not nearly as big, but it like gets cheaper and cheaper. Like in Gate Colossus, consistently would get to like cost you no mana. Yeah, Gate Colossus had recursion though. It did. It there, did. There's a a big difference between recursion and lifelink. Oh, well, what? <laughs> but what I'm what I'm getting at is like it's not uh, hard to imagine a situation where you're paying black for this. Oh yeah, uh, and like you know, getting to do like this and something else. Mm-hmm on, like, a somewhat early turn is pretty good. Like, even, like, turn six, pay three for this, and then have three yep. mana to do something else yep. is pretty good. But, like, uh, like these payoffs seem a little bit tamer than the gates payoffs. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So what's up next? Uh, Except for maybe this one. Yes, Spelunking. It's two and a green for an enchantment, and when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Then you can put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you put a cave onto the battlefield this way, you gain four life. Um, lands you control enter the battlefield untapped. All right, so we're going to talk about this two ways. We're going to talk about this in the caves deck, and then we're going to talk about this kind of by itself. Okay. I mean, in the caves deck, like... It blocks a four four or it blocks a four mm-hmm. power creature. Yep. It gets you up on lands. Yep. And it gets rid of the main drawback of caves. Like now all your caves are just better um better basics. Yep. 
Um, that's basically it as far as caves are concerned. But yeah. are there any uh, implications for this card outside of caves? Yes and no. Um, it is good with the bounce lands. Yeah. But it does, like, it is kind of a nombo with um, Amulet of Vigor. Because Amulet of Vigor wants, you, wants your things to come into play tap and then trigger to untap them. Yeah, and this is a replacement effect, not a trigger. Yes. So it's not like if you played this in an amulet that you would get like two untaps, your thing would just come into play untapped. Right, but I mean, there's formats that exist that don't have amulet of vigor. Um, I mean, notably, they also don't have bounce lands, but... I mean, this with like a lotus field. Your yep. lotus field comes into play untapped. Yep. Like that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that turns your Lotus... Because the Sacrifice is a trigger, right? Or mm-hmm. it's not a trigger? It's so a trigger. You could tag it for mana, and then it goes away? And another land, but yeah. But it allows you to get five... Like, it allows you to get five mana the turn you play a Lotus Field. Like, the two lands you yeah. sacrifice are tapped, and then the Lotus Field. Yeah. So you can get five mana. So it's kind of like a Lake of the Dead. Yeah. Turns your Lotus Yoda into like a bad Lake of the Dead. Yeah. Um. I mean, the fact. Are there any that, other lands that can use this? Hmm. I mean, gates. That's true. Right. Like, you know, you put this in. All your gates come into play untapped. Your um. Oh, what is it called? Uh. Oh gosh. Drag. Uh. uh Maze's End. Oh, yeah, you don't have to wait a turn for your mazes end. Right, your mazes end, you can just come in and activate it. Yep. Get them. Yep. And, I mean, that deck was a um, gross spiral deck. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one extra mana for Explore with Upside is yep. still probably something you would play in that deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like... Uh, that deck's actually pretty good in uh, Historic because of yeah. Primeval Titan. Yeah. No, we don't have Primeval Titan. But, right. like, that deck plays Explore a Grow Spiral. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, if the power level is, you know, if Pioneer can support it, right, like, this might be good enough, good enough Explore mm-hmm. to, uh, to, like, get the job done. Yep. And, um... I was going to say, um, the Gates deck was already almost good enough mm-hmm. in in Pioneer. Like, I would play it at Explorer from time to time just, like, as a goof. And, like, there were definitely some decks that, like, could never, like, beat a Dragon's Maze. Uh, I mean, I've or run Maze's into Gates... Yeah, I've run into Gates decks, like, recently on Arena, so... Yeah, like, they're not... Like, every so often they show up and, like, they're attacking on this weird angle yeah. that is difficult for people to interact with. Yeah. And if all your lands came into, like, if starting on, like, turn four, all your lands came into play untapped, you could do some big things. Mm-hmm. Right? You play this on three, play a land, and then, like, you untap and get to, like, play, like, a circuitous route, like, no problem. You're like, oh, okay. And then those lands come into play untapped. So, and I guess, like, yeah, anything that searches and put the lands in the play tapped is, like, great with this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just powers uh, it up. Yeah, what is the... There's a card that like lets you get three uh, three caves in this set. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's quite powerful. If, yep. the, if it and, costs uh, two mana, if it's a two mana triple rampant growth. Seems pretty good. Yes. Did you have any other thoughts for where this would be good? Uh, no, I was... It seemed like when you were uh, when you were talking, you had a lot to say about caves. So I figured you were uh, you wanted to to chat about that card in particular. Yes, um, I, I hadn't really thought of the implications of it anywhere, um, other than it, you know, like I said, just being a uh, another amulet in formats that may not have an amulet. Yeah, and I mean that could be that could be important as well. Yeah. All right, and then we've got the calamitous cave in. Mm-hmm. Three and a red for a sorcery. It deals X damage to each creature and planeswalker where X is the number of caves you control and the number of caves in your graveyard. Um, It's like Gates of Blaze. Mm-hmm. It's one more mana. And it hits deal. planeswalkers. But it also counts the gates in your... Or the I'm sorry, not the gates. The caves in your graveyard, mm-hmm. which Gates of Blaze does not do. So whether you discard them or sacrifice them or whatever uh this will count them no matter where they are there is the like the like oh bad evolving wilds this like mm-hmm. uh taps for a colorless and you can pay yeah. one tap and go get a basic mm-hmm. um like getting that into your graveyard like fixes your mana and also counts for your caves yep so it's hard because like like there are Plenty of times that, like, Gates of Blaze being on three was the difference between, like, winning and losing a game. Yeah. So I don't Especially know... Especially in modernish magic. Yeah, so I don't know, like, this on four, if that's going to be fast enough. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right, it might not be fast enough, but also it will kill more, because on... Oh, no, I guess, like, Gates of Blaze, you wouldn't have played... You wouldn't have played on three anyway. You can if you had the uh uh was it um the rare land that would come into play and uh come into play untapped and tapped for the colors of your of your gates. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So you could like that would only get you two two though. Yeah. Um or like if you somehow like um like Simic, uh, Simic Guildgate, and then the the land that taps for any color your gates can tap for. Growth Spiral, yeah. land, and then land on your turn. Yeah. Your turn three, you could get it for three. Um. So, you know, just like you know, the the gains where your opponent goes like one, two, three, and like three's mm-hmm. like Adelaide. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I'm I'm dead before I ever get to cast this. Yeah. Where maybe Gates of Blaze would it like at least get the little stuff and like buy you time. Yeah. But um it's like they're trying to build like the gates deck, but I think they're afraid of making it too good. Yep, makes sense. Um because like some of the stuff you could probably knock a mana off of and it would be okay. Not spelunking, but like you could yeah. knock a you could knock a, a mana off of this and it would be fine. You could knock a mana off the big uh, gargantuan whatever. Yeah. And it would be fine. Nobody would notice. Nobody would like blink an eye, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, I got uh, two more cards for this archetype. Okay. Um, we're not going to talk about all of the caves, but uh, we're going to talk about two of them. All right. Um, the first one is the Forgotten Monument. This is a land that's a cave. It enters untapped, taps for colorless, and other caves you control have tap, pay a life, add one mana of any color. Um, I mean... So this, like fixes all of your mana problems and if you noticed while we were talking about the cave matters cards they were all single color pips they weren't like double color or gold cards um so this will help fix mana mm -hmm. this also means that it'll be easy to splash for the draft archetype because all your caves are just whatever color you need them to be and, like, if you have two of these, then they also tap for one color of yeah. mana. And they're commons. Yeah. Uh, it's an uncommon. Oh, it is an uncommon? All right, yeah. so uh, just an aside. Um, this set symbol is atrocious. It is. Like, you cannot tell what rarity stuff is at all. Yeah. Like, it's like, look in the bottom... Left-hand corner. The, Look for the U. Yeah, the Jim Davis set review, he has a the bomb and common for limited, and he gave yeah. it to an uncommon because he misread the set symbol he couldn't tell. for one of the colors, and he was like, okay, uh, we'll pick another common then. Yeah. But yeah, like it every seemed like time, that was a rough set review for him. Yes, every time. It's just like, I can't see what that is. Yeah. Um, but no, like, this is like, this will kind of hold this draft, draft archetype together. It's yeah. like Super the World Tree? Right, like you don't have to have six lands in play. It doesn't enter tapped. It just like it does the thing. Yep. And then the other land is just kind of a representation of all of the caves. There's a cave for each color. They're all hidden something. This is hidden cataract. It's a cave. It enters the battlefield tapped. It taps for a blue, and they all have the ability of pay four and an on-color mana. And sacrifice it to discover four as a sorcery. Um, and I think this might be kind of where the power is in caves. Where if you had a bunch of gates in your hand, they didn't do anything except for coming to play tapped. Mm -hmm. Whereas caves, if you have a bunch of them, you can cascade. Yeah, you could and, spit into something useful. Yeah. And the... Um, bat payoff I guess you don't really want to hit that one because you won't get any bats out of it but you can discover into it mm -hmm. the uh, gates ablaze you can discover into spelunking you can discover into um, it's just the two creatures that you can't yeah and like also like if you hit the bat thing you don't have to cast it you can just put That's it in true. your hand and cast it the next turn Yep. So these all have like five mana tap, draw a card, decide mm -hmm. if you want to cast that card. For free. For free. Yep. So yeah, like like this could be where like you, you it's harder for you to flood out. Yep. So maybe, because we haven't played with them, it's hard to know, but maybe the fact that these all draw a card and give you mana mm -hmm. make it so you... Um, uh, that, like, you don't need the payoffs to be as good because you never get to the point where you're like, oh, I can't do anything. Right. 
because you always just have like you know whatever whatever the average mana value of spell is in your deck like yeah. in your land slot and like with the with the gates you like those were always um land heavy decks uh-huh. because you always need like you had to make every single land drop and you had a bunch of cards that like went and got a land or went and got two lands or put extra lands into play so you always wanted to make sure they were live um but the flip side of that is you ended up like needing to top deck gas and you top deck a gate instead and can't do anything with it whereas here you you turn your cave into something useful yeah or something at all i guess yeah your land becomes literally anything like yeah on on some level it like they have like a form of cycling on them mhm but like you Pretty can play so. it on turn 1 and then cycle it in air quotes on turn 10 right all right what do we got next is that all the gates no, not gates gosh is that all the caves well, I mean, there's four more of these cataracts, and there's a couple yeah. other caves cards. But yeah, that was all I had in the file. Okay. That that is perfectly fine. Unless so, there was a, is there one that you specifically wanted to talk about that I missed? No. Um. Uh, I was making sure we didn't miss uh, miss one you want to talk about. Um, no. So like, this could be a situation where like, um, you like gobble up some gates. Gosh. You gobble up some caves early caves. on, and then the payoffs just kind of come to you. Yeah. In the draft, because like a six mana four four no text, no good. Right. Right. Uh, but a six mana four four that draws you two cards, real good. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, if you're the person that has like six caves at the end of pack one pack two you're going to get all of the cave payoffs uh that get opened more than likely yeah like as far as limited goes um i'm sure that the cave deck is going to have some number of the cave payoffs in it but i think more important than that the cave the cave deck needs to be your five color good stuff deck Mm -hmm. so i think you take some of the cave stuff early if you see it especially that uh forgotten whatever its name is there forgotten monument mm-hmm. i think that that one's really important and then you can just kind of take you know whatever the best card in the pack is at any point in the and mm-hmm. then have the the cave synergy stuff to fall back on yeah so that makes sense or yep. just play all the good stuff, and then like you get all of the cave payoffs that no one else wanted, right? So you just kind of have like more good stuff that you can take. Yeah, this might be a fun archetype to force like really early in the format too, mm-hmm. before anyone like realizes that like caves are good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yep. And I think it like might have legs in constructed. Yeah. It's like a fringy um, fun deck, kind of? Or? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's, like... Um, I think long gone are the days of, like, a single, like, set archetype yeah. being, like, standard, like, playable. 
especially not in three-year-long standards. Yeah. Um, right, like, if this was a five-set standard, maybe. Mm-hmm. But a nine-set standard, not like a truly competitive deck. Right. But um, just because there's just too much other stuff to do. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think if they would have been designing this set, knowing that they were going to have a nine-set standard, maybe these were a little bit more powerful. Like the maybe. caves and the payoffs, because they were like, oh, well, no one's going to play this if they can play wedding announcement. Yeah, that's true. I mean... And you really don't have to balance it for limited because it's like super synergistic. Like mm-hmm. if too many people are caf- are drafting caves in the same pod, then nobody has a good caves deck. Like then no one's drafting need- caves. Yes. Yeah, you need all of the pieces or none of the pieces. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point. Maybe they would have pushed it a little bit more. Yeah, because like I don't know. Like you just look at the gate payoffs. You look at the gate payoffs from five years ago mm-hmm. and then you look at the cave payoffs and the cave payoffs aren't as good as the gate payoffs right right then you look at all the cards they designed around the gate payoffs yeah and then you look at all the cards they've been designing around the cave payoffs and you're like oh man these cave payoffs are really a lot worse compared to like the delta between all the other cards in the cave payoffs yeah. is bigger, I think, than like, you know, the gate payoffs versus all the other cards that were like in that standard. Yeah. Find finality. Find, find finality. Yeah. Six mana, yeah. neg four, neg four. Yeah. A simpler time. Yep. A zony. Poor zugs. Poor zony. <laughs> Never yeah. quite got to make all the bugs we wanted. It's all play for a minute. It did. Just a minute, though. It did. Just a minute. Uh, yeah. And the people were like, I could just play Jade Light Ranger and uh, Wild Growth Walker. And yep. that stupid demon that I still contend is not standard playable, but was <laughs> because there wasn't a better option. Yeah. Um, Doom Whisperer? Yes, Doom Whisperer. Yeah. Uh, are you a five drop? Yes. Yes. You are in my Congratulations, deck. you're in. Are you a five drop that is a mythic? Great. You yep. are good enough. Yep. So, yeah, it would be... I think the gate stuff will be fun, but I don't know if it'll be, like... It might be fun to goof off with on the ladder, but, like... Or, like, an FNM. But, yep. like, you can't get grumpy if, like, you play... If you get ruffle-stomped. Yeah, if you get ruffle-stomped. You have to be like, I did I did some cave stuff. Yeah. And it kind of sucks because it's kind of like gates, where, like, they don't come back. Right. Like, we're, like... Caves are as good as caves are going to be for, like, six years. Yeah, until we get to, like, underground world. Yeah, exactly. You know, we another underground world. True, yeah. Yeah. Because this world apparently is a land of water and piracy, but also a huge underground world <laughs> with an indoor sun. Hollow Earth. And it's like, okay, yeah, Hollow Earth. We're just a mega structure. This is all just moonfall. Right. <laughs> um so uh yeah, so I think that like we probably do have eleven draft archetypes mm-hmm. uh with caves. And then it's just trying to figure out like if the fiddly draft archetypes are worth the fiddling. Yeah. Right? Like 
hey, is this like, are these good enough payoffs to like worry about cards in my graveyard and stuff like that? What's going to be the first? Uh, well, I mean, it's, I know it's kind of dependent on what you open, but what are you looking forward to drafting the most? Like your first push deck, your mm. forced deck. It might be, it might be caves. Yeah, like that's kind of the most interesting thing to do. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in caves as well. I'm also interested in the black red deck, obviously. Obviously. Um, Can't imagine why. Yeah, I don't know why. The red white deck intrigues me as well. Just to see how it works. Yeah. Just, like it's just so weird that I don't quite understand it mm -hmm. and that kind of makes me want to figure it out yeah um also I just looked for legendary just because I took for the uncommons there are yeah. 44 legendary cards in this set you, new commanders you gotta have new commanders this is a bunch true. of them are uncommon so every every I think the last couple sets the signpost uncommons yeah. have been legends yeah I'm gonna have to like put Caracas in my cube just to like make a point. I think Caracas is every one of these was a legend. No, the blue white one wasn't. Okay, every one that was a creature, okay, was a legend. Yeah, I know. Te technically, collect correct is the best kind of correct. Yes, I know. But yeah, every every one that was a creature was yeah. a legend. And, like, I, I think the same was true for Woe. Yeah, I think so. Like, they just, like, love themselves some uncommon commanders. Yep. We need it to be a signpost. Might as well have it be a commander, too. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere, like, Brad just secretly has, like, one of Mark Rosewater's children held hostage. <laughs> I need more popper command. I need more uncommon uh, uh, legends. Go. He's got the Vel for for the Red Bull drip, the Red Bull IV. Yeah. It's controlled through Brad's phone. <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> oh, he cut me off again. Quick. <laughs> Someone print more uncommon legends. <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking at, uh, looking at, whoa, they were all legendary creatures. Yeah. Even things that didn't feel like they would be legendary. They're all legendary creatures. So I think they've just decided that the signpost uncommons are just legends now. That's the thing to do now. That is the, that is the new hotness. Yep. So with all that draft stuff, I think we got a show. We got a show. So if you want to reach out to us uh, with uh, thoughts, suggestions, uh, perhaps a card that you would like to hear us talk about that somehow didn't make the 70, um, <laughs> You can reach out to us, Facebook, Discord, Twitter, uh, email, all that stuff is in the description. Go check out the links there. Yeah, hit us up. If you're looking to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. The first is with our TCG Player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Surf on over there, do all your shopping, and support the show at the same time. Thanks in advance. Yes. Uh, if you want to support us more directly, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg is how you can do that. You get access to our show notes, you get access to our pre-show, and you get put on my mailing list. In return, you get uh, the good feeling of letting you know you're supporting the show, and we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The good feels. That's right, the good feels. 
All right. So we got anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. We'll see you next week in the same cave. Yeah, we'll catch you on the internets. Yep. We're not going to catch him on the internets? Oh, yeah, we'll catch you on the internets. I was in a cave. You were in a cave. You are hiding. <laughs> There's no internet in the cave. <laughs> Bad for reception. <laughs> no signal. I get zero G here. Yep. <laughs>